0: You can check our website out, and that has links to everywhere you want to find us. Brotherhood. Hey, that's with... easy. Can sorry, you not... sorry, I'm try... sorry. You, you... I've apologized
1: three times now. Fuck you. Hey, oh, hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Brotherhood Without Manners, your favorite full spoiler reread podcast of George R.R. R. Martin's A Song of Ice and Fire series, reading a storm of swords. As always, I'm your host, Zach, and sitting here next to me, my brother, Nate. That's me. I'm Nate. It's been a hot minute. It's been a little minute. A little hot minute. You know, we're busy fellas. We've been suddenly, unexpectedly busy. Uh, We in Southern California are dealing with a sudden outcropping of delta variant yeah
0: yeah. and Idiots. so
1: nate and i of course have been keeping regular precautions and doing so with nate's kiddos as well and making sure that everyone's <laughs> safe
0: and somehow zach has still managed to land a new job and begin doing that
1: technically two new jobs in this period since
0: last you've heard from us and now but one was straight up corporate america trying to take advantage of bullshit and nah. it was absolutely insane so, so right so uh for the
1: first time in my life i put my foot down and Demanded better, and got it for once, so that was cool, but uh, the unexpected transitions made it very hard to meet out some time to record, and we hated it, because we missed you guys. And so, we're We're back!
0: We're here, we're here.
1: And it's been a good little bit, but the last episode where you joined us was Samwell 2. Samwell 2 saw the end of Gior Mormon's life at Craster's, as the Brothers of the Night's Watch, in their panic, in their hunger, and in their exhaustion decided to find and raid the secret larder that Craster may or may not have had found out he did have and kill him, and when Mormont opposed that, killed Mormont and any of the others that were Fuck true brothers guys. of the Night's Watch. Yeah. Sam was beseeched by some of the women at Craster's hut to take Gilly and the baby and go and go someplace warm because the brothers are coming, which means the White Walkers. But this episode... We're reading Arya 6. Arya 6, man. So last we had left Arya, Arya has been with the Brotherhood, who are taking her to meet Lord Beric Dondarrion when, at the Stony Sept, I believe, they meet the Huntsman, who is fond of catching people and putting them in crow's cages till they fucking die. And it was during this Arya came into contact with these people and showed them some mercy by giving them water upon discovering that they were indeed wolves, Stark men, Northerners, Mm -hmm. and she had some issues with that, took some issues with that, of course, because these are people that she's viewing as the good
0: guys. And as real as her life has gotten over the last however what year long it's been that she's been bouncing around, she still hasn't seen or she's chosen to ignore the... Th- savagery that they're bringing right down that war that brings yeah. out yeah and so
1: and so there's discussion she hears overhears some talk that Lady Catelyn herself released Jamie Lannister from River Run nonsense and right doesn't want to believe that but then the next morning the most interesting of captors is brought in as Sandor Clegane the Hound has and it's not really specifically explicitly said but we as readers know it to be the Hound. And Arya thanks the the gods because finally one of her prayers has been answered. He's in captivity. So we open this chapter in a very, very creepy location. A hollow hill with walls of stone and soil and huge white roots that twist through them. And and... Arya's hooded. Yeah, right. To, you know, any secret, good secret society is gonna... Uh, So question number one, what the fuck is this place? Yeah, Werewood. Because as they come in, people begin to emerge
0: from between the roots, and it's very creepy. And yeah, yeah. yeah. I've decided it, that, like, out on the Isle of Faces, it's, you know, how around Christmas time, they get to the, the Christmas tree farms, where you go in and pick your Christmas tree. That's what the Isle of Faces is. It's where you go and choose your new weirwood tree. Just a grow. of weirwoods. Yeah. Oh, actually, that face looks much more like a, a the, the Tully, so let's bring that one down to their place. And then... No, that's definitely some Bolton-looking face in that tree. I choose this one. Can I get? Can we get load this one up onto the carriage, please?
1: So, in, um, I don't know what the fuck this is though. In extreme bloodraven imagery, Arya also notes that as these people are emerging, where the roots in the back sort of form a stairway—a natural stairway—sits a man almost lost in the tangle of weirwood, and it's hard to make him out or see him. We know this is Beric Dondarian but this is Again, exactly yeah. almost similar to how bloodraven is found when bran comes upon him in the weirwood tangle and now do
0: we think that because i've never considered i don't think Beric dondarian as a a mirror or an opposite of bloodraven himself yeah definitely a representative of the lord of light in some capacity
1: well that's that's why you don't see him as a mirror for bloodraven because bloodraven is the three-eyed raven and this is rolor shit. So well, what the fuck so is going even on that?
0: Like the two sides of the same coin. Sure. I just don't quite see him. I never had seen Why,
1: why would you? Like it's right. blood raven is in the frigid north. But I mean seems... I've never
0: seen him at that level. Yeah. Like where blood raven's this mystical figure granted I suppose blood raven uh well, right. this seems to should equate be considered it to that, but...
1: godlike capabilities if it, that's what blood raven it, is capable of. Right if of. that's
0: what's being alluded to here that he is a a rival, then, or if he's not his successor, or at least Blood Raven, or
1: whoever sets up you know the the aesthetic of the Three Eyed Raven, is trying to emulate this or Now, I, I that since we've read and we read this chapter a good long while ago, we have since I've read it since to prepare mm-hmm. for actually recording, but that's been the thing that I've been sitting on is where are they and why does this place exist and like. What is this imagery here meant to symbolize? Because this, obviously, obviously you and I aren't the fucking first people or the only people to point this out or notice this, but what exactly is George trying to tell us by saying this very, this is so cult-like, this whole fucking chapter yeah,
0: for sure. just
1: skeeves me out. Even though the Brotherhood aren't that bad yet. They aren't under hearts, brutal... Let's just fucking kill everyone. Right. It's not Lem
0: Lemming. There cloak is a in sense of honor among thieves. Yeah. You
1: almost feel a little more Robin Hood than you know, Kingswood Brotherhood or than shit like that. Brave companions. Right. And so it's this uh, but here it feels culty as shit. And when Gendry asks, What is this place? Lem answers him, an old place, deep and secret, a
0: refuge
1: where neither wolves nor lions come prowling. So
0: clearly it's been used before. It, For how long it, and by whom? Children of the Forest. That's the only thing I can think. That's the
1: vibe here. It
0: 100 percent at least has to have Children of the Forest origins. Because like, I, I think it's, it's crazy. I think to it's think super otherwise.
1: interesting that we get this one, and I've never put this together until this chapter. We get this one. We like we get this scene first from Arya. But then Cat afterwards. Man. Well, no, and then Bran afterwards. Oh, right, like right. this is almost exactly the way people are creeping out are the children coming out of these different caves and shit in in the cavern system that Bran is in. The werewoods literally twisting and snaking and branching forming stairs or platforms or natural benches. Like, it's almost the exact scene of Bran and them walking into the cavern under the big werewood in the north. We just get it two fucking books earlier Through Arya Right There's one of these In Westeros So why the fuck Isn't Bloodraven Here
0: Or maybe this is Where Bran Does that I want to say Does that mean That the Isle of Faces Might have something Similar And there's like A a grip of these And so he Well that
1: Does everywhere Would have a Secret Refuge Underneath it is there uh, one you, under the gods' eye? Because that's what I'm wondering. In is, Winterfell?
0: Did they take secret tunnels down under the lake and ended up in? They're underneath the Isle of Faces right now. Right. Like how deep? How long have they been going through these caverns? And how, does it work correct? The same down there. Right. You there's know, a, there's the a skip. We lose a
1: little time here. We're not really sure. Right. How long are you? And blindfolded so what and, we know is
0: that they're in the Riverlands. They right. were down by the Stony Sept. Technically, they are technically.
1: Just a few miles, well, maybe a few hundred miles, it's kind of hard to tell by the map here, away from the God's Eye. They are very close to the God's Eye at right. Stony said. And
0: so, if they were at Stony Sept, did some traveling, got blindfolded, maybe there's paths or tunnels that led to, to the un- island. They're of currently the God's underneath Eye? the God's
1: Eye. Do you think that's I, what this could I think like? that
0: we're going to look stupid if it's all revealed during the next chapter when Arya's. Sure, when sure, leaving. sure, sure, sure. Um, but potentially, this could be the, the, or at least a root system connected to it, maybe.
1: It's, it's too, the, the imagery is too intense. The, the ambiguous, mysterious answer that Lem gives, it just seems to be tied to the Children of the Forest. And so, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if this is the so, entrance to the secret way. I was going to say, at the same time, I can also see
0: it absolutely not being under the lake. But just because I know there were a lot of people who thought in the show there was some drawings in Dragonstone that John found that
1: John think, drew that they were very <laughs> like
0: conveniently placed. Yeah, I think clearly again one more thing that Martin did better is showing that the children were always here and like right, it's they been have told a like that's everywhere. been stated right, yeah. like that they were originally well, here right, and then they got on chopped our down and
1: when the sample chapters you and I shat a brick if you don't want to hear about sample chapters skip ahead a couple seconds here but when we read about the Ariane and they were in Dorne even. Like they were children. Like, right. And obviously they broke the they shattered the Armadorn, but like to actually have Ariane going into one of these. Right. One of these, these little ref- refuge, refuse. Yeah. Like are there drawings? And then uh in into the next line, Arya notes how big the cave is, is super spacious. But there's Martin, make sure to tell us there are ton- Tons of tunnels branching out, going probably right. miles. So, and so
0: we're also going to get a ton of people coming and flooding in, right? For this so fight there's and- there's
1: there's a there's a there's a connectedness here. It very much so almost seems to me, especially in this light with this brand of band of outlaws that are taken from the rich and given to the needy. It almost feels very like. Freedom trainee, yeah, like so underground I railroad, wanna, railroad. I don't like, want
0: to be the nerd one to go here, but it's completely underdark in Dungeons & Dragons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's a, just a, a, a whole sub city, sub system of everything interconnected. Like, but it, it very crazy? much
1: so makes me wonder: as uh, how much, how much are they like working with or getting answers from or directions from the Children of the Forest or any of no. that northern influence? No. Because it affects everyone. Jamie Lannister sleeps on a fucking stump of a weirwood and has trippy ass dreams yeah. here in a couple chapters. Like it affects the people around it. There so is
0: no way these people are here in and on that our end. very much in mind the Jamie Lannister stuff to play devil's advocate here. What if none of this here is real at all and this is just a very close to the surface they're actually birch trees and it just has the appearance of werewoods to give it that creepy vibe sure and the brotherhood currently is just it's very much red hair a mockery of it almost no like there's not actually anything here somehow we've got a couple of us Thoros and Beric that are doing something. well that was my
1: other thought is is it a is it a manipulation
0: tactic that. via is it, Barak set, and Thoros? Is it them to set up? We everything have a lot off. of northerners right. with us,
1: so like let's but our power comes from R- roller and we're open about that. We're not saying, you know, old gods of the werewood, here's a fucking goat we just slaughtered, we're gonna string its entrails from your branches. They're underneath it and they're performing fire magic. Like that seems inherently dangerous being right. in a root system lighting fires and doing fire magic but they are. And so that was my other thought, is like, Barrick very much so has this presence up here among the Roots. Is that just sort of too... Get that I'm a little bit more uh, in in charge, and that
0: is even inherent of the imagery when, like Ned is sitting up on the throne. Sure, yeah. When he was giving the directive to Beric to Dice go, the and orders, f- right. you know, serve for me. Now he's sitting higher above everybody else, casting these directives out and leading these people in the way that Ned did not right. just as the the front man and still as the front man but
1: so greenbeard points out to where Tom of Seven Strings stands talking to a man that Arya just cannot believe is Thoros of Myr she remembers him as being fat and smooth but now he's droopy
0: and gray and I love this he's he's he looks terrible right but he looks like he's been on the road he's been is it living. that he's been on the road or is and it all of magic and i think that as well um we always see that Melisandre's super drained when she's performed crazy. real, she, real magic, real not magic, her parlor right. tricks, right, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. right. And so yeah, I definitely think that it's it's draining him as well. And I like that Greenbeard calls him a wizard.
1: Is that a, it like is that the cautionary tale here? Is that oh shit, almost dropped my notebook. Is that Thoros looks like shit? like this no. isn't good for either I don't think Thoros or Barric Don
0: I think it goes to, it's going to go hand in hand in explaining Melisandre and what's going on with her aging process. Maybe Mel isn't old at all. Maybe it's draining her and giving her that appearance and Thoros is well on his way too. He's using all this this resurrection magic as opposed to birthing magic. It's life and death in in its own manner. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so he's going maybe this is the point where sure. Martin's kind of alluding to hey if he's casting this stuff and he's aged this quickly because it's been what 18 months no more than two years since maybe since Ned since directive game. yeah like to have aged that much isn't crazy no no, no no not when you're on the road I think this is definitely something to keep our eyes on yeah, right now that's now that sure. we're in uh seeing him. Arya traveling is with stupefied
1: him. by it she can't believe it's the same man like right. that's that's what jumped out at me Arya's been on the road herself. She knows what happens to men on the road. So it's beyond that. It's not just this, oh, yeah, he's been doing, he's been traveling with this band fucking during a war right now, like, six kingdoms in open rebellion, yada, yada, yada. No, she's kind of like, holy shit, Thoros. Like,
0: damn.
1: And then, so that also kind of makes me wonder with...
0: So, again, the wizard thing with Greenbeard. Right. uh, Do you think that's... That's to what he's doing. But nothing to do with Sam? Because Sam very much so wants to be a wizard.
1: Um I think that the, we're getting into the approximation now. Yeah, this is this is what Thoros can do and to any commoner or normal everyman he's a fucking he's restoring someone back to life every time. You think time. Sam will
0: ever attain something on this level? I think
1: Sam will be more Marwyn the Mage because and that's where I was going with it here. I only can think of Miri Magdore, which is only death can pay for life. And I was thinking this that has too. happened what six seven times now like that's a lot of life to be paying for with death and so like is it I understand Barrack is and George has talked about this a little bit himself that he's sort of the fire white right. which is an interesting that he's super not interesting. quite
0: necessarily he's losing uh, bits of himself
1: right. and and that's super important in all, and so all do discussion you think with that's
0: Barak. the life that's being gifted. I think
1: Thoros is getting it worse i think thoros is straight up killing himself and grant life to these to do it and we learn that barrick's return is fucking meaningless he exists to give catelyn the kiss of life right so thoros is throwing away his shit for barrick Dondarian, his friend his bro we learn here they're fucking these two are on the road they're bros they're they're stannis and davos in it like they're close He's doing it because he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to continue doing this without Beric Dondarrion leading them. That's that's. It's it's a selfishness that made him that's find his God. That's what's scary about Catelyn. And so, right, turned. it's all for Catelyn now, all of a sudden. And and it's almost, Thoros is like So Buck. what's
0: funny about that whole situation? and It's weird that you know we've invested so much time into this series, and I'm only now vocalizing that. Like they were. It directed where they are by Ned, and now it's the wife that's leading them. And just that, like, to really think about that. Well, yeah. But how... The difference. How twisted In the, in and the warped. goals. Because she would have been all right if she had been along with them and, like, leading them from the start as Catelyn. She would have made some sure. probably dumb uh, mistakes, as, as she did. As no, she does. But, but And not in, like, a, a negative way a towards her. mother, like, yeah. right, yeah. And so... She, it's interesting to think of what she, she, what it ends yeah, up. Yeah. I
1: think the brotherhood are, are super important. Just in, in this twit. we get a group that from the beginning, like, fuck yeah, man. Like as far as the people Arya's encountered, they're far from the worst. And like, they are people we know, Harwin, now Beric and Thoros that we met in Game of Thrones. And Lem we're coming to know, Angai, who is a sick, badass archer. We've got Gendry here, who's also like, yeah, they're outlaws, but they've got more honor than any of the other fucks we've met along our way. So Martin is telling us that our POVs, at least, like them. Arya mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't trust them intrinsically because Arya has her issues that she's dealing with, but there's a, there's a likability here, and for that to get so fucking twisted by... Lady Stark is so interesting and so I feel like there is they're going to have a, such a huge role to play in wins and maybe beyond I don't know their their story may end quite abruptly but the huntsman Hunters. arrives in with his captive he had cursed them all back in stony sept when they said that they're taking sandor clegane to lord Barrack. he fucking wanted to throw him in a crows cage
0: but They pointed out, because Anguy was up in the window with an arrow, ready to go. They don't like
1: the huntsman. But he agreed to take his prize to Lord Beric for judgment. And even bound and hooded, Arya notes that there is a danger in Sandor Clegane. Just in the way he holds himself, which I love, is her studying and sizing people up. It's very
0: much that chained dog being led into a room. And Arya takes it in, of like,
1: he's dangerous. He's backed into a corner, and even bound and, and... out of control of the situation. Yep. So we
0: learn that the huntsman stumbled upon, because of his hounds, a drunken, passed out hound underneath a tree sleeping off his yep. his hangover. And, uh,
1: and of course the hound knows Thoros, yet Thoros claims that he is not the false priest that he once was. The Lord of Light has woken in his heart. Many powers, once asleep, are waking, and forces are moving in the land. I have seen them in my flames. So what, what? What was it that awoke in his heart? Was it the first time Barrack died, and he said some words, and then so, all of a sudden Barrack came up? Yeah. Now is that? Was it that's a spiritual in the flames awakening of? Hey, here's your calling. This is what you gotta fucking
0: do. Because we learned back in in Game of Thrones that Barrack was just a motherfucker, and Gendry's Tobo Matt. Tobo Tobomot, Tobo Tobo. Whatever his name is, there he didn't quite like. Thoros, because Thoros just fucking threw he was on a some oil, priest, right? lit a fire, his sword swords, on fire, yeah. and was yeah, a drunken priest. He did fight honorably at the the Battle of Pike, I think it was did he the run siege in with of the Pike, yeah. with Ned Stark and, and his flaming and all sword, and doing right. his cool shit and Jorah, and he was shit faced But he was he wasn't anything special. And they then in tournaments, everybody knew he was bullshit. He's just the fat, drunk, fire sword wielding son of a bitch. Something changed, and like. It depends on how seriously I think he took his red priesthood. Did he go and study at least enough to be conscious of the teachings? He's a red He's a red priest. That's how he is titled, is a red priest. And so I would imagine he at least has he's that theor- base Thoros knowledge. He's
1: of Mir. He went to Mir clearly and right. studied. So, like, yeah. He was here in, on some mission. And I can't remember because in the show I remember Melisandre telling him, you were ordered to turn Robert away from the false idols of the Seven and turn him to the Lord of Light. And I wonder if that, I don't know if we get that confirmation that that's what he was sent to do and he fucking failed. But right, I think he was a priest at one point. Maybe he believed it. Maybe it was because there was wine offered at the sure. church.
0: But uh, And so, yeah, I definitely feel as though, and I guess it could be a heavy reach, but because he was directed by the hand who was sitting as the king, there's that king's magic you know, that lies in the king's blood. And so when Barrick, who was specifically directed, he's a champion. He's the Fire White. So R'hllor was like, yeah, brah, your, your magic teacher. You know, he's just whispering a prayer of death or of rebirth or you're going to be reborn in the light of the Lord. And then he actually was fucking reborn. And he's like, oh, shit. And he's like, you said the real words. So. Yeah, so it was probably Barrick's first death. Though. I would imagine. So that's when the magic actually responded to him. Or he was able to—I don't know—I don't want to say activate it, but like it was actually working. The hand laughs at,
1: at them all, calls them swineherds, and this is where Beric dramatically entered, saying, "Yes, we are
0: swineherds
1: and farmers and nobodies and commoners," and he reminds them that they sent set out originally from King's Landing to hunt the Mountain, his brother. And this is where we get the description of Beric, that he looks rough. He's got the bald spot over the left ear from having his head smashed in. He's got one eye missing and a dark black ring around his neck from being yeah.
0: hung. And when Hound calls him by his name, even Arya's like, holy, with him too. Like, oh shit. That, it, that is Beric Dondarian. And like, there again, she wasn't there, but... She saw him, we saw Beric during the tournament of uh was it the naming of the hand the or hands was it, was it? Yeah. yeah yeah yeah. And so we got a good description cuz Jane and Sansa were wooing over him a little bit. Arya
1: recalls that. She's like, "Yo, Jane Poole loved this dude and she wouldn't love him now." <laughs> Whoops. And yeah, Robert uh Beric says that Robert is slain but his realm remains and we defend her. And the Hound is like, "Yeah, fuck all of that nonsense and calls them the brave companion. what brave companions you are. That offends some people. Oh, yeah, that
0: gets pretty
1: much everybody in the room pissed. And the hound then tells them that if they mean to kill him, to do it, just get it the fuck over with instead of this bitching. And the huntsman brings up the rapes and child murders of Sharer in the Mummers Ford. And the hound says, "I wasn't that either." So dump your dishes. You he goes at through else, and else.
0: disputes every claim that they try to. You did this. Prince
1: Aegon and Princess Rhaenyra are brought up, and he says it's being born a Clegane a crime. And
0: uh, right. somebody answers, "My with brother did that." Murder so. is a crime. So he asks, "Who? Who did I murder?" And people try listing off, and he's like, I, "That was at the directive of the king. Who? Who? You?" you or just Lannisters, that? or like yeah, Lannister yeah.
1: men going to towns and sacking them, something he had nothing to do with. But then some of them start getting uh, mentioned that are actually nailed on the head, but they, they basically say, you served the Lannisters, and he said, once, is each man in their service guilty for the crimes of the other? He then tells them that they're all no different from he is anyway, but he just admits what he is, which is a murderer, and... Then Arya jumps forward. With Micah. That Micah was murdered, and the hound doesn't recognize Arya or the name Micah.
0: The little sister. Until he does. She tells him, Mm -hmm. the
1: butcher's boy, Jory, said you cut him near in half, and he never had a sword. And he asks her, don't you know you're dead? When he (laughs) does recognize (laughs) her. So good. But Beric asks if he denies killing this Micah, and the hound shrugs. He says, I was Joff's sworn shield, and it is not my place to question princes. Besides... Arya's own sister told the tale the exact same as Joshua. Sansa's a
0: liar. Which she's had some endearing thoughts we've had, I believe, over the last two books or so, where we're like, oh, look at her. She's she's missing her sister. This is one of those times where she scorned her again, which is really Well, been right. A, a I mean, bit... this is
1: a hot topic subject where Arya is still in much different life circumstances at this point, right. still, and has no interest in the marrying of a, a prince, a lord. So she doesn't get that headspace that Sansa was just head over heels and wanted to make things perfect. And so, yeah, she still fucking hates her for it. it. got lady killed. And while it's not Arya's wolf, it did make her have to get rid of Nymeria. Like, it's, yeah, it's a hot... I don't I don't blame Arya's scorn here. Yeah, she's kind of right. Sansa's a fucking liar, especially in that moment. And especially in this moment where she's so close to justice, you're not wiggling out by blaming fucking Sansa. Fuck Sansa. She's a liar. We know liar. her. So, there will
0: be a trial by combat.
1: Yeah, Thoros and Barric go aside to bro-huddle and talk it out, but Arya is seething, and she's like, they have to fucking kill him. I've prayed hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times they have to fucking kill him. So Lord Bear comes over and says, the trial by combat will be conducted. Prove your innocence with a blade, and you shall be free to go. And Arya ain't down for dat, because the Hound will fuck shit up with a blade. But... The hound laughs and asks who's going to fight him and goes pointing around the room calling them all pansies and shitty fighters.
0: And Beric steps forward, of course. Of course who else is going to fight him? And there's complaints about the armor, but that's lost because he calls over for some help from little
1: little squire Ned. Little Ned.
0: It shakes Arya, <laughs>
1: hearing, like, so casually, Ned, come, come here, help me with the armor. But a boy of 10 or 12 and Beric's squire and Barric looks like shit without his armor. His lance wound shows clearly, and Arya begins to wonder if the hound is scared because she thinks he can't die. Like Barric Barric's fucking badass, man. So Thoros waits until three archers have their arrows trained on Cugain before giving him his sword. And then the huntsman gives the hound his shield. Ned helps Barric gear up with his and then they pray, which is the strongest cult
0: vibes. Ever, it's very interesting as we've seen this cult vibe already in Davos's You're prequel right, yeah. chapter way back when. Davos's, yeah, in Davos's chapter burning, way back uh, when. The,
1: yeah, the idols of so the seven.
0: And, yeah, they say they're. Pri- I really like the Hound's response to this one though, where he says, "Yeah, this cave is dark, but I'm the only terror here." And then they go to fucking town. Well, Beric
1: draws his sword
0: and draws it down his palm,
1: lights it aflame, and Gendry quickly whispers (laughs) a prayer. And the Hound promises that Thoros will be next after he deals with Beric. So
0: that's really cool that we know Thoros was the wizard who, or the fighter who lit his sword on fire, but it's Beric's blood that's lighting this one up on fire. And even Gendry. Gendry. Gendry, because Arya is like, is that fucking wildfire? And he's like... Nah, yo, that's just magic. Like, that's just fucking... That's just magic, man. That doesn't happen. Beric
1: stands calm as still water. Arya notes and thinks, Kill him. Please, you have to kill him. And then the Hound charges and they exchange blows. And the fight is fucking cool. Back and forth, Clegane quickly starts to give ground. But as the hound shield uh, catches fire, he strikes it off and then his own sleeve catches and... As the fight progresses, a chant of guilty, guilty, kill him, guilty starts to rise, and Arya begins chanting with all the rest, which is just so fucking creepy. How like, quick. Seen. People just, fall Just all the... of it, like, the, it, under the roots, like, in this weirwood tree that may or may not be connected off. to the it's, children. It's like,
0: very Miri Mazdur, you mentioned it earlier, where it's this- it's almost like this ritual is happening right now, and it's- it's creepy. Yeah, absolutely. So the hound
1: raises his sword above his head with both hands and brings it down with all of his strength. Beric manages to block it easily enough, but the burning sword snaps clean in two, and the hound's sword dug down into his neck, cleaving him clean down to the breastbone. And as Sander falls away, trying to roll his smothering, smother the flames on his arm, there is silence, and Arya just thinks of Micah. She knew the hound was guilty. And as the Hound is pleading for someone to help him, she realizes that he's crying. He's crying like a little baby. Someone help me. I mean, poor dude. Dude's like, on fire.
0: He's terrified of fire. Uh,
1: it's pretty insane because you don't really realize how bad he did get burned until a couple, like, paragraphs from here where the literal it's skin just swallows off. off his arm. But uh, Thoros orders Melly to see to the yeah. Hound's Burns. And, and then Aria. Lem and Jack help with Lord Beric and Ned as well, and they carry him off into one of the tunnels.
0: Hmm. To a specific place? To go get some Jojen paste. <laughs> <laughs>
1: the Huntsman wants to put the Hound in a crow's cage at the Stony Sept, and Arya's down for that, but I think it's Greenbeard says that Rolor... Oh, I bumped the mic. do Rolo- the fucking mic. Rolor's judged him innocent, so Arya quickly decides to snatch Greenbeard's dagger... And spin away. Gendry tries to grab for her, misses. She's always been too quick for Gendry. Fuck out of here. Thomas Seven Strings is helping the hound up, but his arms cracked, flashes red and bleeding elbow to wrist, and he sees her. And he asks, do you want me dead that bad? Then do it. It's cleaner than fire. And then some of his flesh falls (coughs) off his
0: fucking arm, and his knees give out from under him. So a little funsy thing I thought of here was... The way that she got this dagger, and she's running across this room, to me is very, and it, again, it's the big fuck you to people who had huge, giant issues with everything to do with the last season, because whatever. And how she went and got the Night King there with the dagger and dropping it. Just how she couldn't quite get there with people that grabbed her, yeah, she hesitated as well, but that's a big part of it, I think, that hesitation of... She had the, the opportunity to lunge in there right here in that mm-hmm. talking, and then she gets grabbed before she. does. Well, yeah, because
1: she thinks he deserves to die and says, you killed Micah, tell him you did. And he says, I did. Wrote him down, cut him in half, and laughed. Watch them beat your sister, too. Watch them cut your father's head off. And then, yeah, Lem comes up and twists the dagger from her hand, and she tells him, you go to hell, hound! You just go to hell! And he has... Says a voice, well, barely above a whisper. Not quite. Mine was louder. But Arya turns, and big reveal. Lord Barak is standing there, bloody hand clutching Thoros by the shoulder. And that's the end of Arya. So they went off into some secret fucking tunnel, said some magic words, we assume, and Barak
0: comes limping right back out. Now, who all went in there with them? Did you check on that and see who came Uh, out? Because... Thoros tells
1: Lem and Jack to help him with Lord Barrick and Ned, you'd best come too, he says. Okay,
0: so I th- I'm i pretty sure all of them still reappear after this as well, and so I was just making sure that they didn't just like fucking... Like slit Ned's yeah, throat. Yeah, th- him like a little, you know, a horse sacrifice where they're just fucking, yeah, K- bleed him out and then so say the prayer.
1: So this is bullshit, right? Like, what a bullshit trial by combat. Because...
0: It's a no wins. Barak just gets to lit. Like, the
1: hound doesn't. There is no justice meted out because the whole point of a trial by combat is that he who
0: loses is guilty. And,
1: like, Barak just gets to come back. And so it's. This is one of the most culty feeling chapters.
0: And it's so interesting to me that it comes from this. It's like jumping them into a gang. But where... Some
1: weird, yeah. But in
0: that way, like, where, yeah, instead of a 10-verse-1 where you're going to lose, it's a, you're going against one-on-one. A guy who's, he's decent with a sword, but you can't kill him. He can't can't actually die. It makes me
1: wonder if Melisandre might have had better luck faring with a smaller group. Like a smaller, maybe the small council in King's Landing would have been a better place for her. Because with a smaller group, it seems you have much more loyalty and control and... When you're going through these things.
0: I, I mean, she is similar with the, the Florence and... Right, because uh, that's... Not that they're good. They're right, not but good players But, uh, but or she's anything.
1: not in the trenches with them. Like, well, nah. Thoros is down here, you know, in, in the mud with his men, whereas she is seen as this divine sort of conduit. Well, right, she's
0: it. a tactician versus... Well, that's what growth, I think is but. interesting,
1: is if she consolidated and focused on a smaller group, the amount of influence you would have over that. Seeing this happen time and time again, it builds this loyalty, this camaraderie yeah, yeah. of it's us against the fucking world. With our tag team duo of has died a lot and Sir brings him back. Like Sir brings them back. I like that one. But anyway, let's convene our small council. We'll get inductees and some listener inductees. turn for the small council. I didn't think we'd fucking get here. Jesus. Nate took forever to click fucking record. Going over stupid shit. Anyway, we've got inductees for my inductee. I'm not even asking what his is because fuck him. My inductee's going to Gendry because Gendry I think he's not going to engage with me all for this inductee now because he's looking at me. But Gendry I think is great because he is the audience through this. He goes from just being a blacksmith's apprentice Ned Stark, Hand of the King, comes down and is like, hey. Jon Aaron before that, Hand of the King, is like, hey. and So all this attention, then all of a sudden he's like, nah, get the fuck out of here, presumably by Varys, the spider, who's like, get the fuck out of here, you're going to the Night's Watch, where he meets like Arya and they buddy up, but then finds out that Arya is this lady lord's daughter and he's like, oh shit, that's cool. And then like all of a sudden, people are on the road trying to kill him, and then the Night's Watch is all killed and slaughtered, so he runs off with Arya. They get captured by the Brotherhood because they're like, hey, we're gonna bring her to her parents and people, folk, the Starks at River Run, and then they end up in this fucking cave where all of a sudden there's fire magic and people coming back, and Gendry's just like, brah. What? D- What's up?
0: First of all, that was a terrible inductee. That's a great inductee. Second-
1: Gendry has no like. <laughs> Gendry is this little simple dude who's just trying to you know blacksmith, and now all of a sudden he's watching fucking fire swords and like whispering prayers, being like, oh, fuck, this is some culty shit that I'm probably gonna join because what other better fucking alternative do I have? And then, like, Beric Dondarrion's just like, hey... You're, are you
0: gonna... Uh, so... Yes. He's a good analogy for the audience. You're you're ranting about Gendry a little bit. I right like
1: out. it. I, I just think it's such an interesting he's perspective gushing. to see this chapter from. I like that he's this from, in the back like, with this, like, like, like even Arya has a little less to be surprised about in this fucking chapter. Then Gendry does. She's having crazy wolf war dreams and shit. Like, she's been kind of trained by a faceless man. Like, she's she's seen some shit. Gendry's just like, yo, I, I want to just blacksmith. Like, and now he's got a flaming sword and came back from the dead. Like, that's cool, I guess. So, Gendry.
0: Okay. What's yours? Well, now I'm self confident about mine. Self confident? Mm hmm. And so, because yours was just. Okay, you're just. I could just. Get, I'm gonna stick to the point here, and it's gonna be so brings him back, Thoros of Mere. You're welcome for that and title. And I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna take that from forever now. I think so brings him back is about as good as it gets for Thoros of Mere, and the the evolution of this man. That yeah, we've seen obviously there's an evolution to Beric as well, but you know we'll stick with one of the Beric's is on the nose, right? Like, w- to, to know to he itself. went from this absolute drunkard and I'm sure he's plastered 90% of the time still but to he's limiting it he's aware of what he needs himself to be capable of what he's doing he's seen the light and so probably giving up the the heavy drinking because he's got to cast some spells yo I, I love hearing the the difference in how how shitty uh, he looked before, but now how he looks different. Shitty, he's like side shitty instead of up or gr- downgrading. He's just a different type of shitty look, and it's more befitting to him, I think, as a pre like a, a red priest. Like he's kind of growing into that aspect as opposed to the young. drunk Well, right. Party it, it's,
1: guy. it's it's like take me for example. There's like pandemic looking like shit where it's just you know i'm in shitty clothes i don't feel like changing I haven't showered and now there's today me which is like i've got a job and i'm working so i just look exhausted all the time
0: and a miserable right, looking like right. shit there's this it's an he's working, he's, he's out there doing his role stuff. like he's doing right. what he he's but meant he, to do. he found like his shit. calling but it he puts in a lot of fucking just word, like man. everyone he's in their fucking, like every adult
1: whatever you're doing for your life is Draining the life out of you Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely so. That's a good one too But yeah So Thero- Thoros of Mir. And then we have some uh, Emails that have been Sitting in our inbox For quite a while And we just We love you guys We know they You expected this Ar- uh, This Arya episode A while ago And so weeks, Thank so. you for sending in All the inductees From Karen Who says that uh, She's got a, a lot of LOLs in this chapter She just LOLed Arya Reacting to Beric and LOL, who is Rolor? Like, <laughs> just completely doesn't get it. But her inductee, Barrack Dondarian. We get to see him die and then come back, putting truth to the rumor that the night is dark and full of terrors. And I really, like, what a good twist on yeah, that. Like, yeah, he emerges yeah. from one of these side tunnels. Like, the tunnel's pretty fucking dark and apparently can bring people back to the dead, which I don't know about you. Terrifies me.
0: Trojan Pace travels. Stop with the It's George a delicacy. Pace.
1: Anyway, we've got others. We also
0: have an inductee from the wonderful Kristen who, on the private Facebook group, put up her drawing that's also got the time re- elapse of it. Go check it out. That whole thing. It's, it's, so, it's, well, cool. it's on the private group. And so go find her on. I'll see if I can find that and link. I don't know. Sure. Should, it's in the private group. We should, we should try and get that posted on the the, the open one, the Facebook page. And I'll see about doing that because it's pretty fucking cool, and so that's that's pleasant.
1: Tweet it to us so we can fucking share it.
0: Yeah, we can retweet that shit and all that. Cause it's cool. Like it's fucking sick. It's the the three eyed raven. It's he's awesome. Um, she put in a. big old email and I, we enjoyed reading the whole thing there's a few specific points I wanted to mention she did note the line that George wrote that the earth drank barracks blood mm-hmm. and I just think that's very poignant in this particular moment with Jojen Pace being right. brought up and not necessarily the joking Jojen Pace super theory but like to take the blood of a man who did quote unquote die there. How does he still have blood dude. Right, and he loses a part what of is himself it? so that's why he loses a part of himself each time is cuz there's less of him to contain the blood that he's lost so he just kind of heals the parts that he can withhold. Dude, yeah, it's, it's it's a dead.
1: weird thing. I definitely think there's something to giving that personification to the ground drinking his yeah. blood like that's a that's an intense.
0: That's a spe- it's almost a very specific Sure, uh, I
1: think I would believe I'm, George sat there for like the earth absorbs his blood. Mm-mm, nope, not dark enough not the, the right the, no the it's right, a creature right. it drinks its right. blood. It it's consumes, thirsty for the yeah, blood yeah, right. yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: and so she's also always as we know a big fan of the hound and so she just loves the sand or chapters. yeah it's, it's good stuff it's great uh and then she also mentions Arya, similar to uh, karen yelling at the hound about some shit poor my god but her inductee is the one the only late great Robert Baratheon. So get more who, for all his faults, inspired the, this group of ragtag individuals for all their faults <laughs> to fight in his name long past his death. We talk about Ned's heavy influence long past his death. Well, Robert's got some too.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. Thank you so much, Kristen. The loyalty that precedes death, and we see it a lot in Ned, but it exists in other characters. Uh, we'll learn about fucking Tywin as well. Little Kevin Lannister kind of makes his life about what Tywin did when he was alive when Tywin finally passes. Kevin like, gets uh, This happens a lot. It's just interesting to see it with a group of men. Like, At the end of dance. Yes, he does. Shink, so, shink. Uh, yes. there is. Uh, I don't think there's an inductee in this one, but we did get an email from Amanda.
0: Amanda, Amanda, and Amanda. And Amanda
1: basically just wanted to write in because she is a long-time listener, but a first-time emailer. So we wanted to shout that out. She just... Basically said she loves the show. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Why? Uh, she calls here. it quality content, which I don't know if you get that with Nate. She looks ever forward to everything we put out. Again, sorry for the lapse, and can't wait for the next part of Dunkin' Egg. Good news on that front. We'll get to that in a couple minutes here. Um, on to her email. She recently started listening to the podcast from the beginning, and I'm on a cat chapter where she talks about the origin of John's mother and mentions the rumor of a Yeah. And I have always thought, she Holy says... Shit, that's early. What would Ned have done if Jon looked like Rhaegar? This leads me to assume that Ned created the rumor about Ashara as a failsafe. Maybe even Ashara was in on it. I don't know. It's a cool thought. And maybe something you've even heard before, but what do you think? So, I haven't heard that before. But I really like that train because that that thought of what if Jon looked more like Rhaegar that like lit a fire in my brain where I was like oh shit so <laughs>
0: that would have sucked for Ned maybe it wasn't with you but I thought I've discussed that where that this whole thing occurring the way it did was only an option because he didn't come out looking like Rhaegar he looks so much if like he Liana. had any Targaryen traits. Look at young Griff. They would have it. It's had dyed his hair like yeah. that would have, for your entire life from the day you were like Ned took over, and so I think that it would have been a drastically different situation had he come out. So did like at the
1: little things. Ned Stark, because we do know that at least historically, it's been reported. It seemed, he was to... in the Bold and Ned Stark both seemed to have a little little crushy do on Ashara Dayne. Did Ned, like, out his biggest sort of secret in, in the hopes of creating a failsafe well, rumor?
0: it's also possible because there's, there's rumors that there's other bastards down there from the, the Dane area and shit. They, he stopped by to bring back the sword, and, like, there, there was conversation, we're led to believe, sure. between Ashara and Ned. Yeah, she threw herself from the tower shortly after. R- supposedly. And... Depending on what that was, a lot you know, it's assumed to believe it was because of the death of her brother, but was it based on not being able to handle the knowledge of the Rhaegar, like the whole situation, the whole war occurring for nothing, and losing her brother, and she's he's holding the child of the, you know, prince who you've been... all sorts of just wild crazy shit. So and so, I definitely could believe that Ned. Of all people, despite, so that way it helps get some closure for Kat. Oh, the one person he did it with was a high lady, first of all, not some random whore in their world. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. And she's dead. Don't have to worry about her him ever pining or wanting to go back to her, leaving me for her, or any kind of nonsense like that. He can go south. I don't have to worry about him cheating with her. So I could see it being something he implanted to... Here's my
1: tinfoil. Ned and Ashara decided to... Come up with this lie, will not come up with, but uh, Ashara decided to brunt some of the the pressure of it with Ned, and yeah, to perhaps spread this sleeping together rumor. And then she slipped, she slipped to somebody, she let loose that Jon Snow was a Targaryen and didn't fuck, couldn't believe it, couldn't handle it, couldn't live with it, and then tossed herself.
0: So you think there's somebody out there that's just got the
1: knowledge? Littlefinger. Little <laughs> no, I mean, you know, <laughs> uh, but potentially anybody. Like, I think that'd just be an interesting route to take of, like, this is... They did. They did set this up as a failsafe. If anyone asks, we, we fucked one night. And, and I, I understand, my lady, that, so, like... So, do you
0: think that there's any potential that Ashara Dane holds council under the sea? Down with some, you know, the places that Patch face. It depends is on, on if so. she actually
1: launched herself in the tower and why. I think matters. it's so and so. It's so, uh, so, it's so crazy. Hopefully that that's a satisfactory little. She also wanted to ask about the Grand Northern Conspiracy. She's I interested I, I emailed you did. responded, but she's interested in understanding this more. I honestly, I think anyway, I would say on this topic that like, depending on, Wynn's release, and now that Nate and I should be back on a normal schedule for release, um. I think the Grand Northern Conspiracy is a topic that I just want to do a fucking episode on, my guy. At some point we might need to. On big it's theories. So uh, if we have time between when we finish dance and when's still coming out, if that's the case, then I think yeah, we'll probably go through and cover some of the major topics, including Jojen Paste, Bruce is a fucking vampire, all of those those big, big yeah, theories theory, and, and explore them a little episodes. more dig down. And the Grand Northern Conspiracy, I absolutely subscribe to. I am a fan That'd of. That would probably be a big, long episode and right, or a multi-part. I, would want to, I, want, I would want to do that one right uh, and do right. research. But we
0: would not want to brainstorm on that on air. So and thank so you, Amanda, for writing in. With that, you had some Duncan egg news uh, Duncan so. egg news
1: is mainly that Nate and I are back on the grind and that... Expect that soon. <laughs> expect that soon. We have plans to knock out the next... Uh, episode, which again, we're breaking those up just based on kind of feel and vibe because we don't want anyone to drag on too right. long. So
0: if you you would like to join those people who are enjoying the Dunkin' Egg series, go to patreon.com slash without manners. Subscribe. Can't tell me feed. to
1: fucking do something and then rush me through it. Fuck. I didn't
0: rush you. You're we take just a break, rushing.
1: and you come back. Breathe. So
0: unprofessional. Just breathe. Fuck. Just, just breathe. breathe. The fact that we were harmonized. I don't like you. Great. Go I do enjoy your thing. That. So you can also check us out on Facebook, facebook. slash brotherhood podcast. If you go to the Patreon, you get the private Facebook group where you, that's pretty fun. You can check our website out, and that has links to everywhere you want to find us. Brotherhood hey, that's with- easy. Can sorry, you not? Sorry. I'm, I'm try- sorry. You, you, I've apologized
1: three times now. Fuck you.
0: BrotherhoodWithout.com is our website where there's a lot less fuck use, and it's mostly managed by me, so we know it's done correctly. <clears throat> and you can also email us, WithoutMannersBrotherhood at gmail.com. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Yeah, you can go cool. to slash Brotherhood. And that'll just send you links to – not send, you don't worry. You're not getting random fucking email blasts all over your face, which is disgusting. It just shows you a page where you can select your podcast platform of choice and leave a review on that one. Hey,
1: guess what? We're back recording. And so you can expect regular episodes from us again. Sorry, baby birds. We had to leave you hanging for a bit, but we're back now. In the same old big news. So next episode, we're going to be doing, we're going to be recording, we're going to be listening and talking about Catelyn 4. Yes. Hoster's gone, man. Mr. Tully. Bye-bye. Yeah, and Edmure makes a fool of himself. Right, it's there, be fun. There will be a wedding proposal. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah uh, Edmure makes a fool of himself. I am going to be especially it's gonna be ripping it's him gonna be a new good. anus. So, so look forward to some of that. I know,
0: Renly rage, Edmure rage, whatever. Younger sibling rage. Interchangeable rage. <laughs> uh, rage. Um, we are also, I just said, um again, I hate that. We poem.
1: have a ton of inductees sitting in our... <laughs> <laughs> In our email. Yeah. So, those of you that have got us inductees, thank you. Otherwise, if you haven't, send us inductees for Catlin 4. I can't recall off the top of my head who's after that, but it's Uh, someone. He
0: had it written down, I'm sure, but I don't keep track of that too far in advance. We will, we still intend to be, because we have our list of guests that would be appearing in future episodes. Some of those episodes are coming upon us. However, pandemic has absolutely hindered a lot of things, so we're hoping to have some of them with us on the the upcoming episodes. Not necessarily Cat or the one immediately after, but soon, soon, Yeah. And we'll get that to you. It's great to be fucking back. Looking forward to it. I think that's that's about it. Catch us on any... the
1: next one.
0: Yeah, Valadores. Peace.